Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. First thing I want to say really is um, there's, still an atmosphere, there's still an atmosphere in here. And I saw this in a dream. Okay. And um, it's an atmosphere of deliverance. And I saw it in a dream. And as the deliverance was happening, Brother Victor was speaking in tongues. So we're going to use this atmosphere. Okay. Now, I don't know what may happen or what may not. But if you believe that in your life, there is something that is not right. Struggle. I've said there is an atmosphere for deliverance. Okay? But deliverance is a place. Okay? That you go to and you stay there. Exactly. Occupy. So I'm just going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Doesn't it not say in your word, but it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by your Holy Spirit. We are the children of God. And we have been told that who the Son has set free is free indeed. In this atmosphere, Lord, we come before you as we have worshipped the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he has been enthroned on our worship. He praises. We come against every yoke. Every yoke that is not of God. By the reason of the anointing, the yoke of the enemy is destroyed. Is destroyed. We come against the yoke of poverty. We destroy that yoke. Lord, set your people free. We destroy that yoke. We remove his evil grip on the people in the name of Jesus. The Lord is saying there are hands that are tied from giving. They are tied from giving. Well, we untie the hands that have been tied from giving. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord wants to deliver people from loneliness. 
loneliness. I didn't know it was a spirit until now. I didn't know it could be a spirit until now. We command every spirit of loneliness, isolation, to go in the name of Jesus Christ. Sickness, infirmity, your time is over in the body of the people. We destroy every yoke of sickness. We hate sickness, infirmity, disease. Go in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Is our right by his stripes to be healed, for we are indeed now the healed of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Every unclean spirit, and I mean unclean, there is only one clean spirit. You have no place in the people. The spirit, and he knows his name, the one that causes men to look at things that they should not look at. I command you to leave now in the name of Jesus. Go. Leave now in the name of Jesus. spirit of barrenness that is stopping reproduction that is stopping fruitfulness physical and spiritual we break your yoke now in the name of Jesus and we command you to go in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Son, daughter, you are no longer rejected. Every form of rejection, every form, we break your lie in the name of Jesus. You are accepted, you are loved of the Lord. Every behavior connected with rejection, stop in Jesus' name. Lord says, I should tell you, he's showing you and he's going to show you what freedom looks like. Some of you have not known that, what it really looks like. In fact, I prophesy that there will be a new level of freedom in the Lord. Freedom for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I proclaim liberty over your lives, over your thinking. 
over your families. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, I know that some deliverance is gradual. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would finish what you have started in the coming hours, days, and weeks in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what the Lord has done. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Well, um, it is offering time. But what I'm going to do is, we're going to leave it there. Okay. And during the message, you can come and then we'll pray after. Okay. Oh, thank you, Lord. The Lord is doing a new thing here. I would love to say that. I love to say that. It's true. He's doing a new thing. Oh. Okay, so the atmosphere here is 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 ripe for getting things done in the realm of the spirit. It's rough. Back there, that was the first thing that came to my mind. It's ripe for getting things done. And I'm just going to read through the word of God today um, with some I- interjections. Um, so what, am I, what are we talking about today? The Holy Spirit said to me, speak about the willingness to change. Okay. We've just come out of fasting or we're coming out of fasting. There needs to be some changes. The willingness to change. Okay? So, change is a beautiful thing. Godly change is a beautiful thing. Because it is an aspect of God's will. So it has to be beautiful and it has to be perfect. Okay? Well, why do we need to talk about it, Lord? The first thing the Holy Spirit said about this is, do not be afraid of change. Okay? My change. For my change is a fortune in opportunity. A fortune you want to be rich, ask for change. Hard change. I joke. My change is a fortune in opportunity. We're told in Ephesians 5, 15 to 16, that we are to be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity. 
because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, I believe that what the Holy Spirit is saying, what he's telling us here, is that godlier change happens in our lives to create much more opportunities for us to see and understand and to cooperate with his will for us. Now, this is a very powerful pathway to our God-given destiny. So I asked the Lord, why is this important to discuss at this time? And he said this, if you do not allow yourselves to be changed, you cannot become who I have called you to be. You cannot. Now that is a big thing to, to hear. Now in October last year, I gave a message titled Destiny Caught Up, a.k.a. Chosen for Destiny Part 2, I believe it was. Okay. Um, and the Holy Spirit highlighted in that message that there are, that destiny works in three seasons. Okay. Season one is the revealing, where God shows you what your destiny is. He makes it clear to you. Okay. And we see this in Saul's Damascus experience in Acts 9 to six. Season two is the shaping season. Now this is Acts 9, 15 to 16, um, where Saul is shown what he will go through. Okay. And season three is the becoming season, where you enter into destiny itself. Destination destiny. Now, I believe that a lot of the change that the Lord is talking about happens in season two, which is the shaping season, where he shapes you according to your destiny. You go through stuff. Some good, some bad, some in between. Okay, but you go through stuff to shape you according to your destiny. Okay? Of course, this cannot happen if you are not willing. Hence, if you do not allow yourself to change, you cannot become who I've called you to be. And that's what this short message is. Okay? Short message. So what else did the Holy Spirit highlight? <laughs> You have it? You have it? Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> oh, dear. So we said there are three <laughs> areas or three ways in which change happens in our lives. Okay? First one, what I will do, the Lord. What I will do. Don't tamper with that. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, which talks about salvation. 
It's not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself in it and take glory to himself. It's all about grace. That's what the Lord will do. That's what the Lord has done. So he says, it's what I will do. That kind of change. Second type, what you will do. Each and every one of you, when you obey my word, that's what you will do. That's the second sort of change. The third sort is what we will do together. I love this. What we will do together. This talks of the working of miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. So three types. Okay. Next thing the Holy Spirit said to me was this. I will not change you by force. Okay? I will not force you. I won't do it. It's not in my makeup. The Holy Spirit is gentle. Powerful, but gentle as a dove. He is the most powerful force in the universe. But he doesn't release that on us. The Lord will never force you to change your behavior. The Lord will never force you to change your mind. The Lord will never force you to change your opinion. The Lord will never force you to change your plans. He will not force it. The Spirit of the Lord said, For I am able to bring correction by my loving control of the atmosphere around you so that you see the truth. What kind of truth do you need to see today? Now, as I'm speaking these words, I want you to think about your life because there are going to be some changes amongst us. I, I'm already thinking of a few things myself. But think, he wants to minister. He really does. He wants some changes. Okay? The atmosphere is around us so that we can see the truth. When David took Bathsheba, had her husband murdered, and then went on about his business as though nothing had happened. God saw his blindness and sent the prophet Nathan to show him the error of his ways. His sin. David saw it. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Damn right. 2 Samuel 12 to 13. Listen, we have to catch it ourselves, okay? We have to see it, and then through faith, humility, and desire, confess it and turn from whatever way that is wicked, that is contrary to God. God did not force David to change. God provided David with the truth about his evil ways, and David owned it. Repented for it, and God restored his heart. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. Okay? 
the Bible declares, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This means change is not caused by force or a miracle. Change is caused by humility, faith, and a desire to turn from our wicked ways. The children of Israel wandered for 40 years because of disobedience. God didn't force them to change. Maybe we wish he had, but he didn't. So the Spirit of the Lord says this, sometimes a change is needed, but you are not willing because it goes against your original plan or what you are thinking. But they are not, that is not my will and it will not lead to success. Anyone here got some plans that are thinking about reconsidering them? Don't be bashful. Proverbs 16.3 says this. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. The best chance for success comes from plans that are aligned with truth. Those who submit to God's will and seek him are in a better position than those who ignore or reject him. Another meaning of this is that God will put the right plans, the ones according to his will, into our heart. His plans will become our plans but we have to be yielded and willing to receive. We have to have a soft heart. A painful approach is to wait until the very last minute to check in with God, asking him to bless a plan that he was never behind in the first place. Don't do that one. God is the one who will establish us and our plans. If something isn't working, now listen carefully, saints. If something is not working, it is not God. Because what God wants to work will work. We need to find peace in this truth. Which of your plans do you need to change today? So that they are according to God's will. Really seriously consider what has been said. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you okay 
our renewed spirit is totally different and agrees with the ways of heaven. But our flesh is not yet renewed. Therefore, it has embedded within it habits that run according to the elemental principles of the world. In order for our old flesh to fall into line with our new spirit and the Holy Spirit within us, our minds must be transformed by renewal. Must be. The danger is we're in the world. But we're called not to be of the world. Transforming the renewing of the mind means that changes will happen. Okay? It's all about change. Feed it with the truth from the word. Change it by acting appropriately in the world. When you sin, confess and repent. When your mind changes, you are fundamentally a different and more Christ-like person. Christians will begin to love all the ways of God and find them increasingly pleasing. The Lord then said this, I want there to be change in you so that you can become more Christ-like day by day. Day by day. Okay? Not once a year. Day by day, as a child of God, you are not supposed to be standing still or stagnating. You're supposed to be going from glory to glory. When we give our lives to Jesus, we become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it. Therefore, if any person is ingrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Now, I don't normally read from books and what have you, but today I'm going to read. Watchman Nee. Who's heard of Watchman Nee? Oh, wow. Okay. Watchman Nee wrote a fantastic book called The Spiritual Man. Okay. I'll just read some excerpts. Just listen and align with what you should be understanding with that one. Okay. The meaning of John 3.16, whoever believes into literal him should not perish, but have eternal life. The sinner must exercise faith and they believe in into the Lord Jesus. By so doing, he is united with him in his death and resurrection and receives eternal life, John 17, 3, which is spiritual life unto regeneration. Okay? Naturally, a believer should understand that in Christ he is a new creation. As such, the Holy Spirit indwells his spirit and this together with the death of Jesus actively working in his body can equip the believer to live a holy life. Such a walk is only possible because the Holy Spirit 
administers the cross upon the believer's flesh in putting to death the deeds of its members. It is then no longer active. This is not to imply, however, that he has no more flesh. For a believer continues to possess a sinful flesh and is conscious of its presence and defilement. The eternal life declared in John 3.16 is the life of God, which the Holy Spirit plants in a man's spirit. Since this life is God's and cannot die, it follows that everyone born anew is possessing this life, is said to have eternal life. As God's life is totally unfamiliar with death, so the eternal life in man never dies. Receiving God's life in new birth is the starting point. Now get it? The starting point of a Christian walk. The minimum for a believer. For those who are born anew, there is great potential for spiritual growth. Regeneration is the obvious first step in spiritual development. Though the life received is perfect, it waits to be matured. At the moment of new birth, life can not be full grown. It is like a fruit newly formed. Newly formed, The life is perfect, but it is still unripe. There is therefore boundless possibility for growth. The Holy Spirit is able to bring the person into complete victory over body and soul. So what am I saying? I'm saying we have much growth to do. Okay? Very important. This is the reason why we must change to be more Christ-like day by day because there is a lot of growth and the Holy Spirit has a work to do in us. Okay. Romans 12, 2. The next thing he said was, I want changes to be made in you every day, but there is rarely that realization. So he's pointing out that we don't realize that it's possible to change every day. Incrementally, yes, but change nonetheless. But God wants this. Okay? Now I'm going to read from the Message Bible. I don't normally, but today I will. Ephesians 4, 20 to 25. But that is no life for you. You learned Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him, been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life, has to go. Everything. 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 Okay, we agree then. It's rotten. 
through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Okay? What this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we are all connected to each other. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry. But don't use your anger to fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Did you used to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Watch the way you talk. Now, listen up, saints. God has been talking about this for us. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting backbiting, right? So the Lord spoke about this for us. Backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Now, the bits at the end there, we've got prophetic words about them both. Then the Spirit of the Lord says this. It is of incredible pleasure to me when I see you yield and become who I have called you to be in my dear son. When we yield to the word of God, when we renew our minds, God loves it. Because he sees Jesus, the picture of Jesus painted brightly in you. Okay? Psalm 147, 11, The Lord takes pleasure in those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. To fear him is to obey him. To obey him is to follow his word. In those who hope in his mercy and loving kindness. Okay, let's move swiftly on. The next thing he said was, make yourselves available to change according to what my word is saying to you in this season. Do not keep eating old manna. Do not keep eating old manna. Proverbs 15, 22 to 23 says this in the New King James. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man has joy by the answers of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. So what is the Lord really saying? This is the reason why we must pray the Lord's Prayer and ask him for the daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord. So that the Holy Spirit will give us the rhema words we need 
for that season that will lead us to change as appropriate for that season. Spiritual nourishment from the word of God that we need is different from season to season. Okay? Don't stay in revelations when the Holy Spirit keeps leading you to read Proverbs during the season when you need God's wisdom. God's wisdom for an important series of decisions. You need to read Proverbs. Okay? All of the word of God is good, but it is specific. It is a kind of nourishment. It is a kind of meal. Yeah? How many of us eat rice and cheese? It doesn't make sense, does it? Right? Really important. The right word for the right season. Okay. A godly mindset comes with a renewed mind. Be prepared to change your thinking in line with what the word says. Okay. A mindset is a way of thinking that is not easily changed by anything. Okay? So a godly mindset comes with a renewed mind. I'm going to give a little bit of a testimony here. Um, a few years back, myself and Jeff went on a little road trip to Scotland. Okay? Um, now, it's a bit, bit freaky, but we went to pick up a treadmill. Okay? Um, and Scotland's quite far away, so we went early in the morning. We hired a van, and we went to Scotland to pick up a treadmill. Yes, I know, it's a bit crazy, but this is what we were doing. So we were along the road, and we were driving. It must have been about 6.30 in the morning, really early. And it was the, the, the highway stretch just to go across the Scottish border. Okay? And Jeff said, there's a police car following us. So I looked in the mirror. I could see, sure enough, the police car followed us. So I moved lane, and he moved lane. I moved lane, and he moved lane. I moved lane, and he moved lane. The usual. And he said, he's going to pull us over. I said, nah, that's fine. He said, he's going to pull us. Sure enough, he rolls up alongside, looks in. Jeff smiles at him. <laughs> it's hilarious. And he flashes and pulls us over. So Jeff looked at me and said, I told you. Now, we were beaming. We were laughing. I mean, the joy of the Lord, right? And the guy comes and taps on the window. We got in the van. It's empty, officer. It's empty. Where are you going? Scotland, officer. Going to Scotland. What are you going to do? Now, I thought about it. <laughs> I, I'm a Christian. I have to tell the truth. We're going to pick up a treadmill. In Scotland, and we're from London. <laughs> and Jeff was laughing. You know how he is. Smiling, beaming, honestly. And the guy was just, he was bemused. And he was just looking, looking around, looking at the van, looking at us, thinking, whoa. I mean, it looked off. Two black guys, you know, in a van, empty van, on the way to Scotland early in the morning. It looked off, completely off. You know? But, I mean, I laughed. We, but we were, I was so pleasant to this man, he didn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> now, why do I bring that up? The reason I bring that up is because we were changed. 
If that happened 20 years ago, we would have been all uppity. What are you putting us up for? We haven't done anything. What's the issue? What's this? What's that? You know, but the old man was dead. He's gone. I mean, we're just happy. Happy to see him. Happy to talk. Happy to whatever. Right? And he didn't understand it. He didn't get it. Right? He didn't get it. Romans 6, 6. We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. That guy could have, he could have abused us. We would have smiled at him and said, whatever, sir, whatever, officer. We were good in there. You know, it was the joy of the Lord. We had praise and worship on, you know. Changed, brothers. Right? That's what God's talking about. So I'm actually going to leave it there. Now. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed it is. I'll let that pass since we are married. <laughs> I'll, let it, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I don't want to, but I'll let it go. Now, I'll, this. I'll say this. The last thing the Lord said was this. He said, tell the people that they need to be ready for the changes that I am bringing to their lives this year. There are changes afoot, okay? There's a type of change that he wants to do with you, the miraculous. There's a type of change that you need to do by obeying his word, okay? And there's a type of change that he does on his own. I think I had some scripture about that last week. Yeah, I did have a scripture about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it there because it's, Time's on. But yes, do not be afraid of change. Embrace godly change. Okay? The Holy Spirit is is he's a doer. Okay? He will partner with you to do the miraculous. And when I say miraculous, witnessing to somebody and them giving their life, that's a miracle. Because if you think about it, the revelation of Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's a miracle to see someone suddenly turn their life around by one decision and go the other way. So that's miraculous. And he's ready for that. Be ready for change. Do not. God is not going to force you. Although some of us really do need to be forced. Okay. But he's not going to do that. He's going to create an atmosphere and environment around you conducive with showing you the truth. And if he has shown you that truth, don't turn the other way. Right. Because some of us need a slap. Right. God has shown us six, seven eight times that we need to make a change in this area, okay? But we won't do it. We're so set in our ways. We're holding on to that worldly mindset. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That is a lie from the pit of hell. We've got to change. Change is godly. One day we'll hear a trumpet and the dead in Christ will rise and we will be transformed, a new body, okay? That's the final change, you know, and that's the change that God does. Stay blessed and have a great week.
Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, we lift up this offering to you that your saints have given. You are worthy, Lord. Bless them. Prosper them. Bring substantial increase to their finances, to their families, to their lives in general. In Jesus' name. Lord, we submit ourselves to every kind of change that the Holy Spirit requires of us. We are not our own ourselves. We belong to Jesus Christ, whom we gave ourselves to willingly. We are your possession. Do with us that which you please. I come against the mindset of stubbornness. Stubbornness is making idols of your own opinions. It is an abomination to God. I rebuke that spirit right now in Jesus' name. May we be attentive, compliant, willing, and eager to receive instruction that leads us to change, to be Christ upon Christ upon Christ every day more like him Lord show us nurture us be tender with us be patient with us don't stop informing us what the truth is help us to change in Jesus name Amen www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 